We're back. Double cover, double cover, double cover. Mama, we made it. The network picked us up. Well, we're like established. We, we need the signs that says like clap, cheer, laugh. J-Mac here, D-Mac to the right. Welcome to double coverage. Mama, we made it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Double Coverage with the McCourty Twins. I am Jason McCourty, your host. On the other side of me, D-Mac, Devin McCourty. Welcome to our show where we try to give you a behind-the-scenes look as NFL players who are also trying to do so much off the field. You guys know you can catch us on your favorite podcast streaming sites, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, all of those great things. Make sure you subscribe and you can find us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at McCourty Twins. Dev, happy new year. Not new years, just new year. It's not just one new year. Happy new year. How did you spend New Year's Eve? Was you at the club? Did you hit a restaurant? Was you kissing at midnight? How did you spend your new years? Was I popping bottles? Better know it. I was popping bottles. It was probably, I think, about 825. Uh, we turned on YouTube. They had the 10-minute countdown for the kids. Music was thumping. We popped out the big champagne bottles. We had the magnums. If you ever been in a club, we had the magnum champagne bottles. So around 8.30ish, pop! That confetti went flying everywhere. My wife had a regular popper, but me... Mommy, uh, Hosea, we had the champagne bottles. The kids had the little poppers. Man, confetti everywhere. The ball, no real ball drop. But uh, around 8.30, it was live in our household, man. We held it down New Year's Eve. By midnight, I was asleep, but it's still all good. You were asleep? Nah, I was up. I was up. Kids were up. The whole house was up until midnight. A matter of fact, we, we, we started a countdown at 11, 11.40 turned around. Kids were still awake. They said, hey, we can stay up till midnight. They said they can do it. We challenged them. They were up until midnight. We watched the ball drop, and the ball dropped, and the kids turned and said, what next? Is that <laughs> it? The ball doesn't blow up? I'm like, I hope not. There's a lot of people out, out there. So New Year's Eve, was it was a lot of fun. Brought it in with the family in the living room, in our pajamas, just like we did last year. And I know a lot of other people out there did New Year's Eve exactly the same. For those people that were up in the club, I hope you have fun. And I hope you wore your mask because it's crazy out there in these streets. I'm sure Marion was out there dancing with y'all in the club too. So be safe and welcome everybody to 2022, to a new year. Let's be great. Hey, Deb, let's talk a little bit. And this isn't even football. Let's talk about the super gremlin, Antonio Brown, decides on Sunday. He does a farewell to MetLife Stadium, uh, takes it in. You can see on the sideline. Obviously, we don't know exactly what happened. You can tell something transpires. Mike Evans trying to stop him. He eventually gets the shoulder pads off, takes off the dry fit, the gloves, throws it in the stands. He still had on the wristband with the uh, with the A and then a picture of the B. Dope wristband, too, by the way. That was the first time I saw it. But he decides <laughs> to make his exit in the third quarter. Whose side are we on here? Bruce Arians says they asked the man to go in the game. He refused, so they told him to get out of there. Sources close to AB. You see how that's how they do it on ESPN and Fox News. Sources close to AB. So we don't know if he said it. We don't know. But 
They claim that the man was hurt. There's proof in that. Didn't practice Thursday. Didn't practice Friday. They wanted him to enter the game. He didn't feel as though he was healthy enough. And I love the way you see different reporters report about him. They're like, he says he wasn't healthy. And then they go, but I mean, you saw him jogging in and hopping around. Like, yeah, the man jogged into the tunnel. Jogging and running a full speed. Speed out cut is totally different from being healthy enough to play to being able to jog. But wh- where, do, where do we stand on? What side of the fence are we on, A.B.? There's no size in this situation. I think the situation was just ugly. I think probably whatever transpired on the sideline that got him that worked up probably was a little bit of fault on both ends. Maybe more on the staff's end of if they really did tell a player on the sideline that they they weren't on the team. I think you have to do a lot to be told you're not on the team right then and there and to get out. And I've seen some sideline meltdowns. We had Billy O'Brien, Tom Tom Brady. We had Josh McDaniels, Tom Brady. We had a little Cassius Mars action. I've seen some sideline meltdowns. You get through the day. Then the team figures that out the next day on Monday. So I do think, especially once we hit Monday and AB wasn't released, it was like, well, what really went down here? Well, like, is he gone right away? But then I think whatever happened, the reaction was not necessary. And I said this to a lot of teammates. I think the way AB reacted made people forget about his side of the story, his how he felt, his feelings, all of that got thrown out of the window because no matter how angry he was, the antics went to like, let me put on a show. And I had no problem. They kicked him off the sideline. I had no problem if he would have took his shoulder pads off, put his helmet on the sideline and said, you know what? I'm out of here. Walked off, walked in the locker room. I think then as fans and as spectators, we'd be like, well, wow, what happened? Like, why would he just walk out? And he would have been able to tell his story. But I do think he doesn't lose the weekend because he had a great week. He did that. Cool. He gets picked up by some famous driver. He's putting him on Instagram live. He jumps on Barstool Sports the next day. We see AB at the Nets game. He drops a single. I mean, hey, was this planned? I don't know, but I will say Super Gremlin AB took full advantage of what happened. The single's out. It was on iTunes, and he was at the Nets game. Uh, you, you can't beat that. Shout out AB taking advantage of every situation. There's no such thing as bad publicity. My I, All the reactions, I saw different people on social media like, yo, he left because they were trying to hold him. They were trying to keep money away from him. He had incentives he was about to hit. I'm like, that makes no sense. If you had incentives, you wouldn't leave the game with a chance to hit the incentives. And then there's a whole nother regular season game coming up. And we for the uh, 17th game this year. So you still had a whole nother four quarters. So five total quarters left. To, I think it was eight catches, a touch. Like he definitely he had 11 catches the week before. He definitely <laughs> would have hit those. So I think that excuse is out the window. I, I, I am. I do think there's probably something to the injury thing. And then you can tell this thing had been brewing. Like, this didn't just happen on Sunday. And I, as I'm watching it, because I'm hurt, I'm watching the game. I actually have two TVs going. And uh, I'm watching the Dolphins game, and the other TV's on mute. And my son, my six-year-old, were watching the game. He's like, what's Antonio Brown doing? We see him pumping the crowd up, so we turn the volume up. We check it out. But I just think you can tell the buildup, because as you watch him leaving the sideline, not one defensive player comes over there to stop him. Not one staff member is even 
courteous enough to escort this man into the locker room so you can tell whatever transpired and i'm just guessing i'm not in tampa bay but you can guess that there's been a lead up that that sideline and their mind were done they were like hey if he's leaving let him go so who knows who's at fault i think like you said there is no fault when something like this transpires but from my vantage point looking in they were done with AB. Whatever happened, whether it was the vaccine card, whatever it was, they were done with him. I even Good saw point. my guy Alex on the sideline turn around real quick like, uh, let me focus on Tom. He's like, I don't want to get involved in none of that. I ain't going to chase Brud down. So I think what Tom said after the game was really good. You know Tom, great dude. Not going to say anything bad about one of his guys. And he said, a lot of empathy needs to be stressed. There's a lot of parties at play in this situation. And who knows? But my dog did have a great weekend courtside, watching the Nets, all of that. So great, great, great take on it, Deb. Appreciate it. But Super Gremlin single, I didn't check it out. Don't plan on checking it out. But you guys can go check it out uh, if you want. Before we get into any sports, we got to pay, pay, pay tribute to John Madden, somebody that meant so much to the football world. It's crazy because I feel like our generation, and especially the younger generation, a lot of people don't younger don't even probably know who John Madden is. For us, we we thought like, hey, John Madden was uh, a sports reporter, sportscast guy on game day. We listened to him, him and Pat Summerall, and then we obviously turned on the Madden video game. It wasn't yep. until I got older that I realized like, nah, this dude got all of that because he transitioned from being a great coach for the Raiders back in the day. But I, I look back when I think of John Madden. I think about playing that video game. Like, we all wanted Christmas, whatever it was, birthday. You wanted the new Madden. I think that everybody that's a video game person, you know when summer hits as training camps rolling around, that's when the new Madden drops. When you know around the time of the year when something drops, that shows you how special it is. So, I mean... Everybody wanted to play on the all Madden level. It was just, it was like when you talk about being Moss, a catch being named after you. When you talk about John Madden, the, the football video game that everybody lives by is named after him. It just shows you how special of a human being and how much he meant to the football world. Yeah, and everybody that heard that little audio in the back, I had to kick my daughter out. She's in here playing with cars, then she slams the door. We got, we got a lot going on over here. But like you said, uh, big shout out to John Madden. I think uh, when you just think about his legacy and what he left behind, uh, it was fun even hearing Bill talk about him during the week and, and their relationship and what Madden meant to the game. Bill knows so much. Um, and he talked about how Madden uh, was terrified to fly. And he said, if you got on one of those Madden buses, you understood what it meant to see a awesome uh, bus and, and how much fun you had getting on the Madden bus. Um, so, you know, like you said, huge shout out to what he meant uh, to football and how many lives he changed through the game of football. And on another note, the same thing with Dan Reeves, who also passed away a few days after John Madden, um, another legendary coach and a special relationship here um, because he uh, has relations to Dave Andrews. Uh, he's uh, uh, his uncle uh, through marriage, I believe. And Dave used to always talk about being able to go to Atlanta and, you know, be like a towel guy. And Mike Vick would give him stuff. Um, and to me, you know, watching football through the years and knowing what Dan Reeves did as a football coach. And then uh, I think one of the best things that happens through this league is you get to meet people 
who have relationships with someone and to hear the way Dave talked about Dan Reeves as a person, uh, obviously you knew he was a great coach and, and what he did in football, but hear him talk about him as a person, how great he was, how he let him be around the facility and all those different things. Uh, another legend uh, loss. And, you know, I think the impact that, you know, these coaches had um, a lot of times younger generations don't get to realize it, but it's passed down through legacy of our game. Uh, true fraternity. When you talk about the NFL. For sure. And when you talk about legacy and you talk about legends, uh, we lost Betty White right before we brought in a new year. Somebody that was just, I mean, I was a Golden Girls fan. My wife put me on. She was hilarious. You saw Betty White in so many different TV shows, movies, uh, different things of that nature. Was truly a legend. Somebody that uh, just inspired and did so many things in our country, in our world, uh, that people look up to and, and admire her for. So, um, just was about to hit 100 years old, but rest in peace, Dan Reeves, John Madden, uh, and Betty White, uh, three living legends uh, who was on our earth for so long that inspired so many people. And like you said, left a, a legacy that all will uh, remember and honor them through. So rest in peace to, their, to them and uh, condolences to their families. Let's we get into it. Go ahead, Dave. No, no, I was going to say, and we need to apologize if you had any bets on this Houston Rockets game, I'm sorry. Kevin Porter Jr., Christian Wood, they get into it with uh, John Lucas, one of the assistant coaches, pretty pretty known uh, assistant coach through the uh, NBA. Yeah. Um, and uh, Kevin Porter says, I'm out of here. He clears it, leaves the arena. Uh, Christian Wood, not having that. He goes back out there, but he refuses to check in the game. One of my friends tells me he had a 25-leg parlay. Why he had 25 legs on a parlay? Don't really understand. Don't know why. But 25, and he missed it. Why? Because Christian Wood didn't have 15 points and eight rebounds because he didn't play in the second half. We apologize to all betters. Uh, these guys weren't having it. Who knows what transpired? I don't know. Uh, but not a good day if you bet on anything in that Houston Rockets game concerning those two good players. Yes, coaching. Could you see something like this happening in the NFL coach? Well, I mean, we don't know what happens, but reports say the coach called out certain guys, assuming he called out those two guys. Could you imagine going in at halftime, Bill calls somebody out, Flo calls somebody out. We need better from you. We need you to step up. You did this. You did that. Blah, blah, blah. Could you see that guy saying, you know what? You go out there and throw the ball, coach. You go make the tackle because I'm out of here. I I don't think I, I feel like that's the difference. NBA, NFL, that is not happening in the NFL, unless yeah, maybe you coach, unless maybe you said it to AB, he might be at it. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think it matters the the player, the coach, the relationship, all of that. I know in my twelve years, I couldn't imagine that happening in our locker room. I can see people, like I said, I can see people getting into it, but you know, but I do like you said. I hate when reports say they got challenged. Like no one truly knows what happened, um, but I think it's very hard for players the relationship you build with the other players. And we talk about it all the time in our locker room. Like we go play for each other for the guys that put on the pads and play, not for the coaches. And it's no knock against the coaches. The coaches spend a lot of time coming up with game plans and doing all of that and they have an essential part of the game but the players go and play the games they have to make adjustments they have to do those things and that's who you play for that guy standing next to you we need him to, i need him to do the right thing so i can do the right thing and that's who you play for so i just can't imagine players deciding because of a person on the sideline who's not playing 
to be like, because of you, I'm not going to go help my guys out that trust me and need me out there and uh, need, you know, me to be accountable to them. I'm not turning my back on them. Now, I might curse you out as a coach uh, and, and get fired up, but I'm still going to compete with my guys. You know, that's how I see it, you know, no matter what sport it is. Yeah, I think, like you said, relationship is huge. If you don't have that relationship and you don't feel like the coaching or the critiquing came from a positive place or in your best interest, I could see a guy saying, you know what, like, especially a team that's struggling this year, this is a build-up thing. And they yeah. might have been like, you know what, I'm out of here and we'll deal with it or some other time. John Wall's on the team. He's not playing. There's probably Shit. a lot of stuff going on in Houston right now. But the one thing we do know is they are not winning a lot basketball games and winning cures all yes. and when we speak about winning curing all pittsburgh won which could possibly be big ben's last game at heinz field he hasn't really said he's retired but they're everybody's saying yeah he it is. could be he is he is the way he the, looked at the game, the game. It, it, it looked like the last game teary-eyed it, it the dopest part of it for me was watching at the end he just looked like he didn't have words for the moment and that shows kind of how special that moment was. Uh, there weren't words to be able to articulate how he was feeling uh, right then and there, winning his last game at Hansfield. Obviously, one of the best quarterbacks to play in this game. And can someone get Chris Long? Chris Long was tweeting all, all game. He was mad because TJ Watt wasn't getting enough credit for how close he was to closing in um, on the all-time sack record of tying it uh, one sack away after a four-sack game. And, you know, so me, you know, student in the game, text my guy Chris Long um, because knowledgeable, one of, the, one of the better DNs of my era playing in the NFL, uh, great player. Um, I asked him, I said, you know, I'm watching the game. I said, TJ Watt, like, why are we not chipping him with a tight end every single passing situation? Like, why would we come out here and line up and let a guy get four sacks who we already know is usually way better than the guy he's rushing against. And he texts me back and goes, why isn't they, why aren't they talking about him more? I'm like, bro, ben, big Ben has played 18 years in Pittsburgh. He's won super bowls for them. He's competed at a high level. He's going to be a first ballot hall of famer. And he's playing his last game at Heinz field. Like, what do you mean? That's why they're not talking about it. They're going to talk about it all next game. And didn't even answer my question. So, uh, Chris Long, very disappointing text message uh, chain with, with Chris Long last night. Very disappointing. Yes, and uh, in that same mold, talking about winning, curing all. Cincinnati, a team who I feel like last year they were saying Zach Taylor needs to get out of there. Cincinnati wins one all the way to the very end, is able to kick the field goal to beat Kansas City. And they're a team that is rolling. Man, jackpot Joey, he is out there balling. Chase, I mean, Jamar Chase, I mean, the man had 200 and something yards. Like you just said, when you talked about Watt, chip him, do something. Double, Double team Jamar Chase. He is just catching the ball outside the numbers, play after play. They're just throwing the ball up on the outside, and he's making catches. Let's double him. Make him throw it to T. Higgins, to Boyd. I mean, they may get you too, but I'm not going to continue to let this guy just wreck havoc on the game for four quarters. Unbelievable to me to watch that. Uh, obviously, two teams that are going into the playoffs, man. I think Cincy is scary right now. They're a team that's playing good football. Their defense is doing well enough. And, I mean, man, with, with, with Joey in back there and those weapons that are on the outside, and don't forget they got Joe Mixon behind them too. Man, they're, they're going to be scary to me in the playoffs. 
Yeah, tough, uh, a very tough football team. And I want to say, as we look at this week, week, what was it, 17 last week, once the playoffs come in, it was great to watch. You're watching teams clinch. You talk about uh, Cincinnati uh, paving their way into the playoffs. Buffalo uh, beating um, Atlanta in a tough game with the snow coming down. New clinching England. New England. Us, uh, 50 piece uh, against Jacksonville. Off of Jacksonville. Who, did, yeah. who stayed in Jacksonville, I guess. Well, they went through COVID. Like we said, COVID is going to determine something. Jacksonville will probably play better this week. And I know they're playing against Tennessee, so it's not going to – or no. They're playing against the Colts maybe. One of it is an AFC South game. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it's going to be a matchup, but I think they're going to play better. You know, it has so many guys out. The Cardinals beat the Cowboys. Another tough game. The Raiders come up with a big win to keep them in playoff contention against the Colts. You, you just got to love the, the Chargers go out and handle uh, business against Denver. You got to love week 17 and 18 of the NFL season uh, back in the day, yeah. week 16 and week 17. When the playoffs come around, which, which teams find a way to win to become whatever it is, division champs, uh, wild card spot, just to give yourself a chance because – no matter what they say, you you want to be the number one seed that Tennessee has and now Green Bay, I believe. You want that seed, but yep. if you don't get it, you just want to be one of the seven because that gives you a chance to win it all and be a part of the dance. Uh, and it's fun to see, and I will say it is fun to be back in that dance after missing it last year. For sure. Uh, play. This is my 13th year. I've only went to the playoffs twice. It is something that you cannot take for granted fans don't take it for granted if you have a team that is in the big dance every single year appreciate that there's a lot of work that goes into that it doesn't just happen but speaking of playoffs the college playoff sucked both games were trash. Alabama beat the brakes off Cincinnati. No, Travis they didn't. Kelsey no, was... they didn't. Cincinnati. The game was not good. The it game wasn't was great, not good. but Cincinnati purely looked like a team that belonged, but they just didn't have enough because they played one of the best teams in college football. That's what it looked like. Whereas Michigan looked like they had the score, no. The, the, the score was 27 to 6. Like. When is I mean, that a good the, matchup? That's they not beat a them good by game. Three, they beat them by three touchdowns. I was going to say, they, it, they it, just didn't have a – I mean, I, maybe I'm saying that because you turn on the next game, Michigan looked like they had no business in the play, college playoffs. I mean, they just did nothing all game until the fourth quarter once they, uh, Georgia took all of the starters out. That was the first time you watched, well, okay, Michigan finally made some plays. Terrible. I agree with you, though. Not a fun weekend to watch yeah, college I mean, football. I, I get it. It's a lot more money being made than just – we did all of this – to have Georgia play Alabama in a national championship, just a rematch of the SEC championship. It's just the SEC just that good that, like, at this point, we might as well just say whatever two top teams are in the SEC, no, let's just I mean, put them in the championship and watch them play. The SEC is, but when you don't have Clemson being good uh, and you don't have Ohio State being – like, those are the teams. But I will say, some of these other bowls put on quite a performance. Ohio State plays yeah. against Utah. What a show that was. There were probably – Michigan probably didn't deserve to be there. Cincinnati represented the small schools, and it was good to see that happen. Um, but like no, we talked it about, wasn't they got beat twenty-seven to six? No but one like you said, like you said, the UFC. Don't they walk around with a? They, they didn't they get a national championship ring made and everything for the year they didn't get into the playoffs. 
Yeah, yeah, UCF. You look UCF, yeah, you my say, bad. You call them UFC because you know it. They shouldn't do, I mean, I'm I'm here. We got we got Shaquem Griffin. We're talking about football. He's talking about the national championship year. Tua comes in there and is like, wait, you guys really think you were national champions? Like it was it was laughter in the in the locker room because it's true. Like Alabama's, the Georgia, these different teams, LSU's, like you say, Clemson for a while. But it's, it's just a different brand of football. And I went to the smaller school. I was at Rutgers. I would have loved to play in a national championship game or to get into that college playoff. I don't feel like Cincinnati helped the case by showing up there. And it wasn't 50-something to something, but it was only 27 to 6. But it's still, like, I want to see a good game. So I'm looking forward to the Alabama-Georgia game. Hopefully it's better than the last one, that it's a good game. It goes down to the wire. That's what I love about the NFL is not – many 50 to 10 games like you guys had this past week. There's not many blowout games like that. It happens at certain times. Certain teams don't match up well or in a bad spot, injuries and all that other stuff. But that's what I love about it. The parity between teams It's a lot of close games, hard-fought games, no matter what records are. You watch the Jets this past week take Tampa Bay to the wire. It took a Brady two-minute drive to put the game away, which is beautiful to watch. I mean, when I say talk, when I talk about taking things for granted, there's nothing better than watching Brady in a two-minute drill get down there, score the touchdown. It's, you just know what's going to happen, but it's just beautiful to watch. It's like watching it in slow motion. Shout out to Tom Brady to go. Yeah, let's let's jump in. We could talk Tom Brady stories uh, all the time. Oh, it is Tuesday, so a new man in the arena dropped. So I'm kind of hyped about that. Uh, love that show, great show. Um, but let's move into the group chat segment. Uh, we're only gonna let's just touch on it. Joe Judge goes off on a rant, um, and you know talked about a lot of different things. Eleven minute rant. Uh, shout out Joe Judge, though, friend of the show, uh, J-Max next door neighbor out in New Jersey. So big shout out Joe Judge. But we got to get in on the rant. Joe Judge, I mean, he hit a lot of things. Other coaches, cowards. Talked about players wanting to be there. Talked about players who left still wanting to be there. I mean, he hit a lot of different things. Um, and at the end of the day, I think all He's Giants changing fans- the culture. He's changing the culture. Patience. What did Matt Wool say? It's like Jay-Z. It takes seven years. Years, whatever that meant. Patience, patience. And all anybody walked away with was all we want to see, as Al Davis said, win, baby, win. And I think that was the theme. Everyone who heard the rant, they were like, yeah, 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 yeah. We just want to see the Giants win. Um, So that will be an interesting thing to watch as we come down to the end of the season, which coaches remain, which coaches don't. There was already a rumor today that Matt Nagy probably won't be back in Chicago. We'll have to see how it goes. Watching the Monday night game, they were all over Kevin Stefanski, um, the commentators about not getting Nick Chubb the ball, about will May- Baker, uh, Baker Mayfield be there next year? Is he to so much stuff? And once you hear all this stuff going on and being talked about, you always wonder, like, well, what do they think? Like, are they keeping this guy? Like, like Cleveland was just in the playoffs last year. I don't think Stefanski needs to worry. Yeah. Um, but it will be interesting how ownership and all of them view the future because as we know the nfl is a what have you done for me lately league no doubt about it and baker mayfield won't be playing in their last regular season game or the last game of the season uh has been dealing with shoulder injuries i think he's going to go ahead 
and have surgery, which brings up a whole, a whole lot of other questions because he's been playing through it. So the decision to now hold him out, I guess playoffs are no longer in contention. So does it make sense to just shut him down? But there's only one more game left. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, Baker's receiving depth threats in Cleveland. Yeah, like, it's wild. just a football game. And what's crazy to me is I played a season in Cleveland, and there's awesome fans there, but they're used to losing. So what's the big deal? You have one winning season, and it's just like, oh, Baker's getting depth threats. Why? He came there. At least he gave you one winning season. I mean, he did. Why is it his fault? The franchise has been bad for so long. Like, what are we so mad about now? Like, we're used to it. There was a parade the year I was there for going 0 and 16. They're finding ways to turn negatives into positives. Stay away from Baker, man. Who cares if he can't throw the ball well and they're not playing well? The man is making great progressive commercials. Win, baby, win. That's what it comes down to. That's all that matters. Not mad at Cleveland for being mad. Who you got this weekend? Las Vegas versus the L.A. Chargers. They, I think they need, if somebody else loses, they could just tie. Um, and, I, and I think they played a later game. So, But if, they, if it does come down to winning your end, who you going with? Man, that's a that's a tough one. I think I'm going with the uh, Chargers. Vegas has dealt with a lot of distractions off the field. Uh, another one this week uh, with Hobbs getting a DUI. I'll have to go with the Chargers in that one. Going to be a great game. Uh, Vegas is playing really well, figuring out ways to win. And I love when you see a team just figuring out ways to win. I'm going Vegas because I'm rolling the dice. Shout out to that game. Going to be a really good game. What you got? We got Dallas and Philly. I'm gonna tell you right here. I'm going. I'm going Dallas, and I'm going Dallas. This reason, Philly had 12 players testing positive for COVID. That's just a sign of they had everybody get tested. Get your positive out the way. We're resting the starters anyway, and we're getting ready for the playoffs. So I'm going with Dallas because of that. You I'm going. Da- that. You're going with Dallas too. I'm going Dallas too because all those guys won't be able to practice even if they play. They'll have to show up Saturday. Play Sunday, not a good look, tough to do. Uh, so I agree with you. Dallas will win that game. Yep. And Pittsburgh and Baltimore, who you got? Does Action Jackson play? If Action Jackson plays, it'll be a competitive game. Uh, I'm still going Pittsburgh. They got something to play for, a chance of being in the playoffs. Um, but if no Action Jackson, it's definitely Pittsburgh. I'm going Baltimore. Uh, I'm going Baltimore. They're going to win this one. In Carol, Carolina, Tampa Bay, we're not even going to talk about that. Yeah, we're not going to talk about um, that. What, what, what's your take? Uh, we talked about this. Joe Burrow and the crew lighting a cigar uh, in the locker room. Joe Burrow, famously known for when they won a national championship at LSU, yes, hitting a Joe. cigar. Uh, are we good with that? Playoff bound division yes. champs? Hat and t-shirt yes. game, pull out the cigar? Yes. Yes, if I had a hat and T-shirt in 2000, I mean, if I had a cigar in 2018 when I was in New England's locker room, I would have lit it too. I would have popped a bottle of champagne. I would have been like the NBA players with the goggles on and the hat, threw the T-shirt over top. It took me 10 years to get a Wait, hat you're saying, and T-shirt. You're saying you, you're saying you would have popped champagne for the Super Bowl, or you're saying... For just for the, the playoffs. The division. The di- I'm going no. to the playoffs. This no. spoiled brat on the other side of me has been in New England. This is his 12th year. 11 times he's been to the playoffs. 10, what was it, 10 in a row? Like, these, he has no idea. You, did you win a division all 10 of those years? Uh, not in 2009. Oh, yeah, 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 we did. This is the first, yeah, the, last two every, years, the first time. Every single year. year. 
10 straight years this guy won. He has no idea how hard that is because he didn't have to experience it. Celebrate that division, fellas. You can celebrate it Sunday in the locker room, and you can still show up on Monday and get ready for what's to come. But, yes, celebrate those small accomplishments because they lead to the bigger one. The hat and T-shirt after the division leads to the hat and T-shirt after the conference leads to the hat and T-shirt after the Super Bowl. I lived it. No, keep the celebration minimal. Uh, slow burn. Little celebration, bigger celebration, biggest celebration. Slow burn, uh, like we talked about at Rutgers back in the day. That's that's my take, and that's where I'm staying at. Just saying. Spoiled. That, that's, that's like the new generation. Spoiled. They don't know what it takes and how hard it really is. Man, I, I got one more thing I wanted to ask you. Mike Zimmer on putting high round draft pick Kellen Mond on in the, in the game. He said, I see him every day. Is that a good, like, what does that mean? Like, I see him every day, he's not ready, or I see him every day, I'm happy with, I got Kirk Cousins. Uh, like, and then also, in conjunction with that, for teams, if you're out of the playoffs, do you use this last game to just throw guys in? Or do, you, no, that, or do you feel like that's disrespectful to the guys? And I'm saying that in, in regard to you have a guy who's better than a young guy behind him. Do you play that young guy because, hey, the season's over. We don't really care if we win or lose. We just want to see how guys look. Yeah, you get him in there. I'm not saying uh, take the other guy totally out. You respect what he brings every day. But, you know, it's time. Like, I... I would have been fine if they would have played uh, Kellen Mond in the game instead of, I mean, started him in the game instead of putting him in at some point or whatever. Uh, let's, let's let's see what he can do. Let, I mean, let's let it rip, you know. And, I mean, they were in a little different situation because they had a chance to still be in with a win. But, like, when you get a quarterback high, at some point you got to see what you got. Um, so I'm not against that. You know, I think you show respect to a, a, a older guy, veteran player. He starts the game. He does it. But you got you work those other guys in. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, D-Map, who do we have for the Dan O'Brien keeping it awesome moment of the week? I think an obvious one. This is easy. Shout out to Big Ben. Uh, didn't come out and clearly say it his last game, but it was. His family was in the suite. They panted him over and over again. He takes the final lap around Heinz Field. Uh, his family comes down. I mean, and is this not picture perfect? This was the last year of naming rights for Heinz Field. I don't know if Heinz Field wants this field. Heinz uh, wants the field next year with Big Ben leaving. Uh, so it would be pretty cool if this is the last game for Big Ben there and then the stadium name changes. Uh, it just, I mean, it all came together. They won. Uh, he took it all in. Uh, great career. Came out in 2004. Uh, Super Bowl titles. Uh, just really, you know, a guy that I think a lot of people didn't think had a chance to be a good quarterback in this league. Uh, show time and time again that he could change his game and adapt uh, to playing from standing back there, pushing people off, holding the ball yeah, to throwing the, the ball fast. Just, uh, I mean, fascinating career. Uh, it was pretty cool to watch uh, the city of Pittsburgh just praise him all night long. Um, it was cool to watch. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of that had to do with the style in which Big Ben played. That fan base was able to rally around because it was blue collar. Big Ben, like you said, was taking his, shaking guys off of him, running. He did everything necessary to win games and brought a lot of victories to the city of Pittsburgh. So 
Shout out to Big Ben. Great career. Have one more game to go. They're still on the cusp of the playoffs, but it doesn't look likely. So we will be celebrating Big Ben and probably his final game. Uh, and played all 18 seasons as a pick Pittsburgh Steeler, which is incredible to do. We saw Tom 20 and then go to Tampa. This guy, one, all one team, uh, very, very impressive. Before we hit who lost the weekend, we're going to start with the feel-good story. Who won the weekend? It was easy. Brandon Eccles of the New York <laughs> Jets. He intercepts Tom Brady. This kid's a rookie. Intercepts Tom Brady, the GOAT intercepts him. They end up losing the game in a two-minute situation. He goes to the equipment manager. Hey, give me my football. Give me my football. Takes his football over and asks Tom to sign it. And Tom signed his football. That was an awesome, awesome thing to see. And I'm going to explain why. Because, yes, some people may look at it and be like, man, they just lost the game. Why is he asking for Brady's signature? Blah, blah, blah. Playing for the Jets. The Jets weren't going to win the game. The Jets haven't won many games. The Jets have lost a lot of games. To accomplish an interception off Tom Brady is bigger than the Jets winning the game. The Jets don't want to win the game. At this point in the season, win the game for what? We got a high ground draft pick. We're, we're like, that's the most important thing. So the Jets lose, who cares? He got his ball signed by Tom Brady. Shout out to Brandon Eccles. You won the weekend. Put that frame that ball up, put it somewhere. I'm not sure if that was his first interception. It's even, it's, it's even yeah, better, but that is, incredible. Uh, who lost the weekend? We talked about the Joe Judge rant. In that rant, he said players who are no longer on the team text him twice a week telling, them, telling him they want to be back. You players who are texting him twice a week, uh, you lost the weekend. You text him twice a week. Get off, get off, my, na- get off my neighbor, man. I love Joe Judge, one of the most competitive guys from Philly, but talks like he's country. Joe Judge, cool as they come. Um, but those guys calling to be back on the Giants, and the Giants season is ending this week, not making the playoffs. I mean, I'm just saying, like, and we're going to call to be back. I'm calling to be back on one of the top teams. I'm calling to be back on Tennessee. I'm calling to be back on Green Bay. I mean, you're not rushing to go back to the Giants right now. I'm, I'm just saying, you guys, if you send, if you're shooting that text message out on Tuesday, uh, on that day to come get that workout, Dude, I'm sorry, up, man. You, you lost, you lost the weekend <laughs> just from Tuesday, man. Sorry. <laughs> Appreciate you guys for tuning in each and every week. As you know, you can catch us on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes. All you have to do is search double coverage with the McCordy twins and hit that subscribe button. Check us out on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at McCordy twins. Thank you guys for listening. Happy New Year. New Year, same slogan. Mama, we made it. There we go. Go tell somebody.